Craggy Island Rugby Podcast, new season. The lads are, well, I would say fired up, but that's stretching it. William's reading, Alan's sitting on the box looking tired, Dave is tired. We have a band in the clubhouse. Dave Finn, very welcome along. Thank you very much, Rob. Uh, it's, it should be more fired up. It's just been a long week in, outside the rugby. It's nice coming out the rugby. It's a nice band playing in the, in the pub, and we've had a win. And, you know, it's, it's a smooth way into, the, into a very crazy weekend. Almost lost it too, but we won't get into that because we just want to say hello to Alan Deegan. Hi, Rob. That's a typical Alan Deegan intro to the podcast. Lots to say, clearly. William Davis. Good evening, Rob. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. We're up and running. The lads did a little in-game segment. We'll just go straight to it. Connacht well, versus the Dragons. First game of the season. Let Alan and William take you through it. about 10, 12 minutes to kick off, William. What are you looking forward to this season? Uh, well, I ho- here we are again. Uh, beautiful evening. Sun is out. Ground looks magnificent. Not exactly packed, although it's starting to fill up a little bit now. Uh, big season for Connacht. Uh, it's time to move it on up a little bit. So tonight uh, is a team we regularly beat. And uh, let's hope they do the same again. Yeah, it's going to be a really important season, this one. You know, with an awful lot of, with the World Cup on, lots of teams missing players, even Dragons are missing too, the same as ourselves. We need to kick on. We did really well last year, um, faded a little bit near the end, but we were still there, thereabouts. But we do need to finish in the top six this year for proper progression. Yep, absolutely. It's all about top six, and uh, it starts tonight. Okay, William, 20 minutes on the clock. We've got a penalty that we're about to take, which will put us 9-0 up. Been an interesting first half. Yeah, good start. Um, Dragons looked very flat and then scrummed us off a ball and then gave it a good goal. Uh, They're trying to work us very hard at the breakdown and our fringe defence under a bit of pressure, but it's held well. And uh, we're worthy of the lead, I think. Uh, We have showed a little bit more attacking prowess and they have Kieran Marmion off injured. Uh, doesn't look too serious, but big chance for uh, JP Cooney now for the rest of the game. No, JP is the JP is the prop. Oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to edit that bit. <laughs> we will indeed. We'll just wait for the kick. Yes. Jack, Jack puts us nine 0 up on twenty-one minutes. We'll chat at halftime. That's a pretty impressive first half from Connacht, although maybe the scoreboard doesn't doesn't uh, do us justice. Yeah, we'd probably like to be a few more points, but 14-3, good start. Um, we're destroying them into scrums, although the ref's not completely convinced about that. Um, they're playing very much in fits and starts, but we've uh, we've kept kept the pace pretty much all through. Very impressive, Andrew Brown and uh, Cooney, who's come on as the replacement scrum half, as helping Carty run the game. They should now kick on. Just need to be a little bit more clinical on a couple of occasions. Okay, we're 
61 minutes gone and, and the Dragons just missed the kick to bring it back to 19-16. It's now 19-13. It's a cracking match. Yeah, it is a cracking match. They, they came out with real intent at the start of the second half. Caught us on the hop a little bit. It's it's They're a bit like an annoying little dog, the Dragons. They kind of can't quite shake them off. It's been played at very high pace. And um, still think we're going to go on and do it, but uh, it's tight enough. It's tighter than I thought it would be. Yeah, same here, but then again, they do tend to be tight matches. Let's hope we can win it from here. We've won 29-23, but there's a slight sort of uh, downer on the end of the game as we, we gave a penalty away that the Dragons got their losing bonus point from. Yeah, they probably deserved it, actually. In some ways, they've, they played some good rugby in the second half. Um, strange game to sum up because Connacht for so long were, were cruising but they just couldn't put them away and it took a fine break by Bundyaki and a superb run on by Fionn Carr a bit of a blast from the past to put the game away lot to work on we expect to beat these guys and if you want to be critical bonus point wise other sides will get four bonus point, four tries against this side to get a bonus point that way so it's the start of the season and uh, roll on Glasgow next week Right. Sometimes we come out of those uh, in-game segments and there's noise and there's passion and there's what I went for. Kyle. But this was a bit different because, like, if we're all being honest, the Dragons had the ball three metres outside the Conic 22 and I don't know who orchestrated the turnover. I have a funny feeling Napier Fox Matama might have been the guy who was at the bottom of it forcing a phenomenal turnover. Bundyaki looked like he didn't know where he was going and then he found the gap and Fionn Carr gets the try and Connacht are saved. Yeah. Fionn's sixth try against the Dragons. Mm. Top try scorer against the Dragons of all time for Connacht. Um, so, yeah, it was great to see him flying down the wing. We haven't seen him do that for an awful long time. It was super to see it. And he, he had been having a good game, too, since he'd come on the pitch. He'd you know, been caught a couple of times with bad, you know, in bad positions and held the ball up and got him, stayed on his feet. You know, got the ball back on a, two or three occasions. I thought he'd done very well. It's great to see him playing good rugby. Yeah, that's really interesting because Tiernan Halloran said in the post-game press conference that we are tin on the ground with backs. We need to keep ourselves all fit. So guys like Fionn Carr stepping up wouldn't be any harm. And I just thought, in particular, just to add one other thing, just overall positioning around the field. He was popping up everywhere. Carr was very much in tune with what was going on, which is probably a more confident Fionn Carr. The last few times we've seen him, he was just thrown in almost when we were desperate. Now he seems to be part of the whole process. Well, for one game anyway, you're, you're never quite... Did I get a little bit too carried away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's the first game of the season and you expect to beat these guys, and we did. And bits of it were good and bits of it were bad. And that, 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 that's really all you can say. I don't think you can overanalyze this game. It was, however, a very enjoyable game to watch. Mm. Sometimes games against the Dragons are you just wish it was over. But this was quite good and the crowd were energised. Good enough crowd here. Um, put down the win pity they got a bonus point and other sides will get bonus points against them I think see the good thing about this is this is going to be our season preview podcast as well not going to go into great detail in it but we will just kind of have what? a little overview we've done loads of work yeah, we've done loads of research yeah you have he has his phone out here to check it so we don't have to overanalyze this game which is a fair point from William there you know lot, there are positive oh my god he's done loads of work he's just shown us how much notes he's done there Alan's come here with, with a note page on his phone full of stuff anyways the rest of us didn't oh, well, the rest of us have very little notice and some of us got stuck with teams who they, in, in, in countries they know very little about 
Um, yeah, it's a win. What was good? It's cute. William got nailed it. To the, nailed it there. It's, it was a curate's egg. What was good was was very good, and what was bad was mediocre at best. An awful lot to work on. There's no there's no jumping around, and the general atmosphere got. I mean, it's you don't want to see your coach coming in looking disappointed, but he came, back came in and looked disappointed. Tunin came in and looked relieved, but we won by six points. Um, I'll take that. You know, just take the at this stage. We're, we're looking at a period where there are. It's a very, very busy, strange start to the season. And I said it to you inside, I will take 13 points from the first four games. I don't care how they come about. We could have taken five tonight. We could easily have taken none tonight. So I'd take the four and just move on to Glasgow. All right, so maybe a good idea would be to listen to what Pat Lama and Tiernan O'Halloran had to say. Some good bits with uh, talking to him about the possibility of meeting up with Dan McFarland at the end of this as well. Word to listen. Pat, um, I guess not to start on the negative, but the Dragons could easily have won that game, yet Connacht have got a very important win for the start of the season. Yeah, I think at the end of the day we'll take the four points, uh, but certainly it's a pretty quiet changing room. You know, we, we, you know, and that's, you know, like we always talk about the outcome as uh, the outcome's important, but it's the process. The process wasn't spot on tonight. We, uh, you know, we were clearly dominant in a lot of areas, and we, we just sat comfortably, and uh, you know, we made it harder for ourselves. We didn't exit well. And that second half, put put ourselves under pressure, and um, so all in all, um, you know, all we can say is take the win and move on. There was little sparks. There was a good first half. Let's start with that. Fourteen three at half time. Yeah. You got to be content with that. Although you did run in at half time, maybe having a bit of pressure on them, it could have been even more. Yeah, we, we were. You know, we lacked a bit of patience and composure. We got in there. There's a couple of offloads where we had them under serious pressure, which passes didn't need to happen. Um, and we talked about it at half time. So once we get in there. You know, we've actually beaten them and we've broken them up and they're, they're struggling. And then we either were, uh, you know, trying to throw the 50-50 or our timing now, you know, or, or not holding the runs and we could have picked them off. So we certainly left a lot of opportunities out there. But probably the, probably the biggest disappointment for us was, you know, um, the only time they looked scoring, we didn't clear our lines well and then we're under pressure and close to the line and then they just, you know... Obviously, once they get close to the line, that, that, that was one of the areas we wanted to avoid, and that's why we put a focus on our exits because they uh, they're a team, and that um, you know every time we played them, they stay close to us, but they'll, they'll, they'll go one off runners and carry hard, and we uh, and we you know they scored two tries from it. Bit of magic from Bundy Aki probably just uh, sealed the win. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, Bundy carried you know extremely well tonight, and uh, you know he's a difficult guy to bring down and. Uh, so um, you know, there's some good work. I think um, you know. I think if we look at some of the individuals there, there's some you know, some good performances. I was uh, pleased for young Rui Parada playing his first game, Nepia Fox playing his first game. You know, Ben Marshall too. You know, everyone contributed. Uh, you know, and uh, the very you know there was, there was, uh, there was a special praise for them in the change room. All three of them. Um, you know, part of the Connacht family now. Um, but you know, I think. All in all, I think the only thing we uh, we're happy with is the four points. And um, but there's things that we can now um, take in, and we've got a big week against Glasgow next week. Tierney O'Halloran, man and match, first game of the season. That's not a bad start. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a good way to start. Um, again, it was it was a long preseason, but it was a good one, and everyone was really looking forward to it. And I think we we're kind of bouncing. Everyone's ready to go and get stuck in the first game. And you know, we, we got the win, which is the most important thing. A couple of things to work on, but um, as I said, personally, I kind of was happy enough with my performance, um, and we got the got the win as well. Pat described a kind of muted dressing room. I guess that's because the game was so in the balance right at the end. When maybe at one point you you looked like you were going to pull clear. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think we were. It was a bit too close for comfort at the end. We would have liked to um, extend our gap because we had plenty of chances to do so as well. I think, but um, I suppose one of the main things the lads are disappointed with was their defence. You know, we let in a couple of soft tries there, which going forward they really have to tighten up on, and that was one of our main work-ons from last year with Pat as well. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot of work on there, and it's mixed mixed emotions down in the change room. But again, you know, I suppose we're all happy with the win, and, and we've a lot to take forward into next week now. The stats might show some interesting reading in terms of the yards gained by Connacht because there was a lot of good breaks during the contest, maybe more than you might expect in the opening game of the season. So you'll take some good solace from that. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's something we've worked on in pre-season as well with the backs. A lot of strike plays, and a few of them pulled off tonight. It's just, I suppose, maybe sometimes we got a bit too excited when we did make those breaks, and we tried to force passes or force offloads. Um, so it's just getting that balance between you know, being calm and also trying to play with tempo and when we get into that uh, red zone in the 22 there because we need to put pressure on teams and need to finish those tries um, but I suppose we'll take confidence as you said about, about the strikes that we had and the line breaks that we made um, but going into next week we need to finish those against Glasgow because they'll punish you if, if you don't finish those chances and Pat talked about exits in terms of defensively trying to get out of trouble maybe you put yourselves in a little bit of bother in that regard I guess that's another part of the calmness and something that you'll have to work on yeah absolutely you, know, you need to get your exits right if you're going to win games and at times tonight we put a bit of pressure on ourselves maybe again forcing it too quickly and not just taking time to, to slow things down and get people in place but again you know that's 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 the learning you take from the first game we'll analyse that now on Monday when we, when we come in and we look at the video and we'll definitely work on it during the week because you know against against most teams this league if you don't get your exits right they'll punish you especially a couple of times tonight we didn't get the ball out of play from our clearances from our 22 and, and good counter-attacking teams that really punish you when we don't have a good chase line there so um, that's the main focus for us now going forward as well will be our exits and our, our defence People will say to you oh early part of the season World Cup there'll be opportunities Glasgow are missing their internationals do you have to block that from your mind or are you looking at it as an opportunity? Like? Yeah I think you do you know, a lot of people are saying that and it's easy then to kind of maybe get into hype and think oh we're favourites for this game but at the end of the day it comes down to ourselves and our own performances you know there's times in the past when We've definitely had better teams on the pitch and because we thought we're the better team, we, we haven't put in those performances. So, you know, it's all down to us. Next week, the focus will be on us again, fixing up and showing those things from from this, from this tonight's performance. Um, and going into Glasgow, it's, it's a massive game for us. As I said, Dan, Dan's forwards coach over there. So a few of the lads are keen on uh, putting in a big performance there. So... Um, yeah, really looking forward to that one now, but it's going to be going to be a big test for us. You'll have to surprise him with a few moves now. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he knows a lot of our, our players in the last couple of years, but we've changed things as well. So um, we have a few tricks up our sleeves now that we're, we're looking forward to throwing at him. Alan, some specifics about the game we want to talk about before we go on to just having a quick look ahead to the season. Uh, Pretorius, scrum half for the Dragons. You were impressed? Fantastic. He was absolutely... Only myself and William clapped him off the field, but we thought he was brilliant. He was absolutely astonishing. I thought he was a superb player. He had previously been a top try scorer in the Super 15. Yeah, that was a great stat that you sent me today that I used in the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, sorry, I do all my own work. <laughs> <laughs> but just the way he, 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 he the, like in the first half, he was the only one of their players playing at any sort of level. And they, it seemed to inspire them. Maybe he was the one who spoke to them at halftime because they came out like a different team in the second half. I have a theory. When your team like the Dragons, only three internationals, you're going to sign someone to lift you. I wonder, is the scrum half the right guy to get? There's no question he's brilliant, but maybe what they really need is someone to get them on the front foot. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I thought he did get them on the front foot. All alone, even though... Yeah, OK. Because he was... He was into it every phase of the game, mm. and he, he looked. Did like, orchestrate that try at the start of the second half. Yeah, yeah, and he looks like he looked like a leader. Um, it's a difficult one for the Dragons, really, because they are the, the the poor boys of Welsh rugby, and there's a lot of journeyman players around there. I think they'll actually be quite disappointed at the end that they 
maybe oh, yeah. didn't pull more out of the game. Jason Tovey came off. He was absolutely fuming after we yeah, scored that. because they had that. Like, I mean, you think about it from the point of view of a Connacht team. If we're away to Newport and we have a line out with a couple of seconds ago and I'm setting it up in the commentary, I'll be saying, Connacht, you're in here with a great chance to snatch this at the end and then you're turned over like that and you can see the try. It was a sucker punch. They certainly deserved a losing bonus point in that regard. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly a second. I mean, first off, they were... It was weird. It was a weird game because we, we, we were ruthless in the first half. We didn't get into their 22 that often. And when we did, we got points. And there was a lot of clinical thinking behind it. Then we, then we started, once we got 14 nil up, we gave away a penalty. Then we started to throw the ball around. And we started, as Pat, was, as Pat said, we threw some offloads that we didn't need to throw. It was, like, it was like we almost got into our heads, oh, we can take these guys. And then, unlike, and I think also they, they felt to a certain degree, because we knew last season, especially the first half of the season, we were a second half team. And they thought, oh, we can do it in the second half. Maybe that got into their heads. No way. The team that came out was 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 the Dragons. We didn't clear the ball, and then they started doing something. They did a few times. Is they took very 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 quick lineouts in our twenty two. Um, very the only thing it was, it was predominantly Tom Brady was throwing them in quick, and they did that. Got the first try. They got another chance off that as well. So they were they were clearly thinking much more quicker. And the one time they fell asleep, and even Bundy was there thinking. And we all, everybody stopped. Everybody was thinking, what's he done? Bundy even stopped thinking, what have I done here? And he went, there's no whistle. He looks at the ref, goes. And that killed him because everybody stopped, including the guy with the ball. And the only person who didn't stop was the ref. And we got the try. It was nuts. Yeah, it was kind of a big moment. And, and it certainly finished the game. Yeah, just, just on the, the fact, you know, the, how much we beat them by. On average, we beat them by seven points. Right across, since, ever since the, the league started, we beat them by seven points. So, like, we're, we're basically on our average score. We're slightly, we scored slightly more points tonight than we normally do, and we let them score slightly more than we normally do. But we've never lost to them in September. We tend to beat them every time we play them in September. It's just one of those things. You Why just do you have do to this? keep going. Why do you mix in a good stat with a nonsense <laughs> stat? That's totally irrelevant, that September. I'm, I, I'm not going to edit it out so the listener so knows wrong. how much nonsense you can come out with in between well, the good no, stuff. There, there is one thing, though, about the game that, yeah. that I, I couldn't quite understand. We brought off Buckley on 55 minutes or thereabouts, yeah. which was a strange one. And then... It was about to Yeah, it was 61, OK. And then we, we brought off Quinn Roo roughly the same time. And that changed... For us, we were completely dominant at that stage. Once we took those two boys off, the scrum went to crap, and we didn't have the same amount of power around the field, which meant they were able to bully us a little bit more, and which gave them a lot of momentum. I'm going to be critical of Ben Marshall, like playing the ball that was dropping short oh. in the 10 metre line. I, like those kind of mistakes are just annoying, no matter when they happen. Come on, that's just really not clued in. Like basic, just no, took a swipe really. at it. I, didn't I, matter. I, I, gave I, them a losing bonus point in the end, so it does kind of matter. But but uh, Ben did okay. Otherwise, uh, that's it about this game. I think. On yep. to Glasgow. Oh, yeah, on Glasgow. We're going to have a podcast next week, probably in some pub. We'll be checking with the Connacht clan, who are always putting us on their website and giving us great promotions, so we're always hugely appreciative of, of that. Find out where they're watching the game. We'll all watch it together. Sound good? Good, and you're buying all the drinks. Oh, Perfect. yeah, well, like, we'll just dig into the huge, vast well, well of resources. Well, well, I'm going to have to find an agent to find him to make sure he'll get him to buy the drinks, yeah. <laughs> Very slow on that. So, <laughs> so it's my waddies all around next weekend? Uh, yeah. I can't yeah, wait. Well watered down my waddies. <laughs> yeah, Last part of the podcast, kind of important part of the podcast. Lads, where's this season going? What do we know? As we sit here, slash stand here in the Clan Terrace tonight, we know the, that Ulster and Edinburgh won tonight. Yeah, yeah, I think they did also get the 28 points. I don't know whether that was a bonus point. They got the bonus point. So losing bonus point because Edinburgh knocked a last minute conversion wide. So. Um, I, we haven't seen any games. I don't know how I decide play. I assume the, the, the Ulster, Ulster clearly are not 
I think the main thing is, is that Ospreys are clearly and Leinster are clearly going to miss their guys over the next four weeks so if you're going to take points off them now's the time to do it and I say the same thing about Glasgow and Munster but surprisingly Leinster still put a team out with 11 internationals tonight even though they're missing 16 that says more about Joe Schmidt's obsession with playing Leinster players <laughs> oh, touche. Uh, Pat Lamb was saying uh, that, that Glasgow have 15 internationals in their, in their squad for tomorrow, so he's just pointing out that, you know, straight away he was getting his retaliation in early this week in case people start saying this is going to be easy next week, but they are going to be missing about 15 or 18. Huge opportunity for Connick next week. Yeah, it is. This is a very odd start. They'll play next week, then there's a two week gap. Yeah, and that's strange. Uh, very little of it is tele- televised because of the World Cup, nobody wants to go up against it, so. It's a stop-start time, and you've got to focus very quickly. This game's over, you've moved on. Glasgow next week be a huge opportunity to go there and try to, to get a serious result. We've, we've got to make hay while the sun shines, because at some stage in the season we're going to run into 16 weeks of consecutive rugby, which is absolutely nuts. It doesn't matter. 16 does. weeks. Including a trip to Siberia. Oh yeah, Siberia is in there, in the middle of that. Yes, I see. Yeah, well, it, 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 but it, it, that is there, and that's the whole. The whole. This whole season is driven by the fact that you've got to try to finish in the top six. There's no qualification games unless they change the rules, which hey, it's quite possible that they will. So you've got to make a good start, and next week's an opportunity. Um, we've got home games coming up. Obviously, Cardiff are here. Uh, bizarrely, we're playing Edinburgh here on World Cup final day. Oh, don't, don't, don't save it for your ranch because that that needs its own special special place. But yeah. Uh, okay, I'll save that for the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that that really just stay tuned, folks. We're not even going to hold back on that one. But yeah, so here's here's a thought. A couple of things that we can think about. First of all, that Siberia trip. Just want to point out that I remember when I was working with Connacht about ten years ago, there was small possibility that the Pro 12 teams that they were then were going to go into some sort of league with the South African teams mad I remember thinking about how the hell can we go on a 12 hour flight down to South Africa for a game how great it would be we're going to do that now to Siberia who knew no you're going to do it to Siberia nobody I mean I think I have to get some sort of injections what were you talking about William if you you actually look at what the press release was sent out now it broke yesterday it broke on a certain Dublin website that seems to get a lot of breaking stories Um, 42 dollar yeah so they got the story and the people went with it that was true and it turned out to be true so we'll give them the heads up well done there's a good scoop there you (laughs) I've read I've been sent the press releases of what happened it was done with everybody on effectively on Skype watching a guy in Switzerland draw out one, two, three, and put and drawing out whoever got drawn out of a hat first. Now there was a Swiss lawyer there. There so. was a lawyer there. This is the best bit. I they, I know we we orchestrated this. It was our podcast ranting about the fact that they did the draw behind closed doors, and they were really. I know from behind the scenes they were stung by that. They were like, well, well, this guy was there and that guy was there. Oh, and now they have to put it on Skype and have lawyers there. Thank you very much. Yeah, but the problem was it was Seth Blatter's lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're still lost. Yeah. We're still lost. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe there's nothing we can do about this. Anyways, not, not to worry. Hey, so season preview part. What do we know? Here's my theory, right? I'm going to name a team. Someone puts their hands up and says, "Yeah, I got them," and give me something in 20 seconds on that team that people might want to know. Connacht this season are in a league, obviously, with 11 other teams, and then they're a group of three other teams. So we've taken those teams. We've included Connacht for some reason. I don't know. Let's start. You ready? Everyone ready? You ready? Ready. Uh, done your homework. Yes, obviously, Alan has. I don't think Dave has. Mr. Finn, have you done your homework? I've done more than you probably have. Yeah, I didn't have to do any, you may have noticed. He's <laughs> definitely done more than you. Um, i got to worry about Mayo and Galway Herders and stuff. Anyways, okay, so let's start with the Scarlets. Who got the Scarlets? I got the Scarlets. Okay, so 
they finished sixth last season for the second time in a row. They've been bouncing between fourth, fifth and sixth for the last six or seven years. They are a mid-table team who've lost six players to Wales to the, the World Cup, which is not dramatically bad. And you can see them doing pretty well. And I think we're going to struggle. We, we've got them early enough in the season, I think. I think the only thing there is that one of their best players gone is Reese Webb. I think he's the heartbeat of that team. Without him, they're not as good, but they're still... I, th- I think they could cause damage. OK. Uh, who got Cardiff? No, I did. Cardiff, we're exa- Cardiff, we said Cardiff. We don't know what to do. Apart from the fact that they are the team that really drive us nuts, I don't know if they're any better than last year. I think they could be. They could finish anywhere from fifth to tw- to a, to tenth. I have no. They don't seem to have strengthened in depth, and they seem to be something same as everybody other Welsh teams. That they seem to have lost players to England, and they haven't replaced them with anything like as good. In a sentence, we'll be motivated when we play them in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, we certainly will be, but they'll also be motivated because they've had a. Bollocking, I think, was the kindest description I was told from Welsh Rugby Union. They're looked on as a failure. City centre grown, 2,000 people turning up on a Friday night. It's scandalous, really. Love it. Ospreys? Don't love their struggles, obviously, but love, love the assessment. Back to Dave again. Ospreys basically just take them now. They're going to get stronger as they come on. Once they're free of their internationals, as long as they don't get too many injuries, they're going to be top four again. They're the most successful Welsh region, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're superb. You know, they're they're the team that we never seem to beat no matter what team they put out they're like they're like another Irish province we just can't seem to beat them another Irish province that's actually such a compliment for them uh, the Dragons as we saw them here today who got the Dragons that's Alan yeah. ok so they've finished ninth three times in the last four seasons and the other time they were 11th yet we still struggled to beat them again tonight you know they're, they're a team that you know we used to be on a par with on a regular basis we have moved ahead of them but we still you know we still struggle to beat them they're only missing two players and for the World Cup. Yeah, well, only one really. Because uh Alam? Alam Alam Hamas, yeah. He's only got three caps, so like he's not as though he's a, a built in player, but Toby Falatow is certainly someone they've been they've been missing. Um, and we from what we saw of them today, William, like probably some good signs from this performance anyway. It's not another point to be made though, Connick to have a good record over there over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, you'd be mar- you'd be looking to win that away game. They they, they do what they do. Um, but they never really seem to get any better. M- maybe tonight they were a little bit more determined than I've seen them in the past here. Glasgow. Who got Glasgow? William. First one for William. Ah, tough. Um, top four or five side, play good rugby, get in big crowds now. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll be the same again. It's a big game for us next week. And it'll be a big game when they come here. They, they are another side that we struggle against. Dan McFarland, what's he going to bring to them? Oh, he's going to improve. He's going to improve their weakness, which was the pack, which apparently wasn't a weakness. <laughs> uh, I think. I think the two interesting things is who's left them. I think Matawalu gone, Maitland is gone. I think they may. They, no, they wouldn't necessarily have been available for next week anyway. But I think in the long term they may actually drop down. I don't know if they're strong enough to win the title again. Interesting. Who got Edinburgh? Edinburgh again. Have they strengthened in comparison to last year? They had a shocking start to the season. They need to get out of the echo chamber that is Murrayfield, but they won tonight. So uh, they won in Megatland. So if they play in Megatland and have a smaller ground, a more compact ground, they might do them, might do them a favour. They will always provide... They're probably a second half of the season team. They could Again, they're another team that could finish anywhere between fifth and eighth, but they've lost Visser. And I think that's going to be a huge blow to them. All right. Zebra, who got Zebra? I got Zebra. Zebra won their first ever away game last season. And that was against Cardiff. But then their second ever away game that they lost, or they, they won, was against Breve. 
who we've got in the Challenge Cup, so we might have a chance against those guys away from home. <laughs> Hashtag segue. Uh, who got breathe while we were talking? We just jump into the European group. Uh... I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's the only piece of information I have about them. <laughs> that's all I know. They don't have any. T- they don't have any players in the World Cup. That's about the only other thing I know about them. And they'll be battling desperately to stay in their top 14. So we presume in the group of ourselves in Newcastle, it'll be ourselves in Newcastle battling it out. But just on breathe, I don't know if we're going to get much of a challenge from the Murray. Did we not play them last year? And have get a bit of a challenge off them at times. No, admittedly. Breathe. No, we didn't play Breathe. Okay, no, it's just the, the, the reason I thought that was because the player that you made gave, gave one of your most beautiful homilies to a tight head pop, Mr. Jugendi, has now at Breathe. Even though you, get, you, you said he was a brilliant player, he was having a brilliant game, and he had been jocked off at the start of the game, so you were giving an, an eulogy about the wrong player. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the way he starts by forgetting we played him last year, and then thinks the best thing I could do now is hammer the presenter. <laughs> Turned it around very well. <laughs> so that's, that's going to be like brief. What he's basically saying is brief, you never write them off. Um, okay, you've thrown me off. Treviso, who has Treviso? Oh, I got sorry. I got sorry. I, sorry, I got Treviso. Oh, brilliant! Tune in now. Treviso, yes. Um, bottom two team, uh, Italian. What can you say about Italian rugby? We haven't got time to get into oh. it. Um, look, they'll do what they do. We'll beat them here, and we'll probably beat them over there. It'll be a struggle, um, but they they don't bring very much. I'm afraid. And I think I'll commentate here, and I probably won't commentate over there because their ISDN lines ever work, Alan. Yeah, just going back to you know it's the state of Italian rugby. Zebra finished last last year, yet they have nine players in the Italian squad in the World Cup. Do you think that just doesn't uh, compute in any way? It's gone. Anyways, uh, so I've got to catch up here now. Oh, yeah, Newcastle. When we stay back to Europe, who has Newcastle? Yeah. Um, we're the coming sexy team of English rugby for a long time. Never quite got there. Johnny Wilkinson played us here uh, and also murdered us 54 nil or something oh, on, a, on a dreadful Sunday afternoon in Newcastle when yeah. you were commentating on your oh. phone, Rob. Oh. Um, look, they are very similar to Breve. It will depend on how they start their domestic league, whether they're really focusing on Europe. Impossible to predict. Interesting. It isn't a bad group, is it, Alan? It's Europe. Yeah, good point. Why am I even saying it? It'll become. We have to get out of the group because I think it'll determine if we don't start dropping points in the league. Watch us switch to watch us switch to Europe because it's the it's the back door. There yeah, is no it's the direct route to the, to, the, to, the, to that change is completely this year, doesn't it? We yeah, want the top so, and get a home yeah. quarter final. Yeah, like we've got the first seven games of the season, we should be picking up an awful lot of points on. The second seven games, we're going to struggle in, and that's where Europe comes in to give us. Season is an absolute. I mean, we joke. We, we, we were raving about ranting about. The end of the last season. Same guy seems to put together a fixture list this season. Our last few games are really diabolical. Not to mention, that, not to mention a 16 week run will favour only about five teams. Three of them are from Ireland, one of the, the other one's the Ospreys, and the other one's Glasgow. But, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Who had Enzai, whatever you call them, should really know what to call them because I'm going to fly there possibly. If we get fly there, it's going to take, because apparently the, the one thing I can definitely tell you is it takes four days to drive to Krasnoyala. From here? From here. Non-stop, obviously. You need to stop at a few apple greens in Poland. When I say four days, it's 90 hours. I'm allowing for you for six hours and at least half an hour of sleep every day. What can we say? They come... they, They... they are the team. They they are they are a friendly team. They come here every year. They play a friendly, and I don't. I am assuming it's a jolly for them. It's 
I'm kind of it's, excited about driving there. Maybe we should do it as a podcast. No, we like one of those no. really not so bad Sky One documentaries. Well, you can get the Trans-Siberian Express, and it only takes four and a half days out of Moscow, and arrives at eleven thirty-seven in the morning. <laughs> That's how William's getting there. Anything else to add on them before we move on? It's nice that rugby's in Russia. I don't know if this is going to. This could end up blowing up in a lot of people's faces. It's. <laughs> If you're not going to go to Russia, I have absolutely no idea what time the game will be on it. Because if it's midday, if it's if it's in the middle of the afternoon there, it's going to be silly o'clock in the morning for us. It'll kick off at one o'clock on the Saturday afternoon, which is six a.m. here. Oh, and I'm going to be coming. I don't even know if Galway Bay FM will have someone in there at six a.m. This Jimmy is Norman is always Molly or Jimmy Norman will be there at six. Kicks off at six. <laughs> they will, especially for you. <laughs> It'll be a special all-night Galway Bay FM live from Siberia. Rob. <laughs> breakfast, breakfast with Rob side in of, Siberia. Side of, side of breakfast with Rob or late night with Russian Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll have to brush up in Russia. Hey, last three teams. Oh yeah, they just so happen to be the teams that we have a tremendous record against. Let's start with Ulster. Yeah, that's uh, what can you say? Our record we haven't won in Belfast since 1960. Uh, we haven't beaten them here for years. Big season for them, they're going to be disappointed with last year. A lot of upheaval, new coach, new managing director, a couple of big signings. Uh, Petau has come in, New Zealander, a lot of money being spent, new ground, but they're going to be there, thereabouts. They're going to top, they're, they're top. They're top three team. Yeah, they're excellent. Yeah, I'm Leicester. I don't, I don't care. I haven't done. As if we, we, we were doing, we were doing a nice little kind of everyone joins in a bit. Yeah, God no, Almighty, no. Alan. No, no, no. Peter, no. Peter is is a very good signing. This, this is a great example of the things that are wrong with the academic system. Alan's one of those studious people who just studies what he has to study. The rest of us can Absolutely. elaborate. So you're saying that to a guy who works in a university? Uh, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and Dave's walked away. No, he hasn't walked away. Okay. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. These, these guys who study all the time, they, they can give me facts. They're not giving me any insight. Whereas William doesn't give me many, <laughs> William doesn't give me many facts, but my, his insight is... is, is is, is yeah, invaluable. I need, to, I need to balance those insights with facts. You're talking about guys scoring tries in September. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, monster. We'll give him Leinster, will we? Just to make him happy. Tell us about Leinster. Well, that's the last year was the first time they had finished outside the top three since 2003, 2004. Oh, there's an Allen stat to save the day. There's a reason why they did get rid of that coach, you know. Um, so. he, got, like, he got a job today. He got Queensland's red attacking coach. <laughs> yeah, a very universal opinion to that one. Okay. Yeah, okay. They did manage to field 11 internationals tonight, even though they're missing 16. But they lost yeah, but the significant thing is they had Cahill Marsh at 10 and their yes. two first-choice 10s are not going to be seen this side of November. Uh, in, on paper, they're the most, they, are the, they are the one team you look on paper and go, yeah, they're improved because you can actually go, well, the guys that are coming in are better than the guys that they're replacing. The problem is, is that the, the main guy, the biggest improvement, they'll never see him because he'll always be at something. He'll always be in camp or he'll always be rested up. They'll see Johnny Sexton maybe five times. They certainly, if they see him three times this side of Christmas, they'll be lucky. Yeah, that's a good point. Much mm-hmm. like us with Robbie and, and Nathan. And we're going to miss Nathan, so that's an issue. But anyways, who had Monster? Uh, I did. Yeah. Um, Your second love, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rob. I wonder how that was... That, was that another one of these dodgy draws? <laughs> um, big, big season for them. I mean, Paul O'Connell going, Donegal Callaghan going. The dressing room's going to be different place. Um, and that, that does count. And... I know, particularly 
Paul O'Connell maybe didn't play that many times, but mm. he was around the whole setup. And you lose somebody like that, it's an iconic status. But you still feel they'll find a way to get the job done. You can't see them being out of the, the top top four or five, but they've a, they're a good home side. I mean, very few sides win either in Limerick or Cork, and that sets them up, and they find a way to win. We haven't won down there for donkey's years, and we always play abysmally there. Uh, but we've a better record here, and that's going to be a key part of the season for us is the, the, the Interpro games. We play six of them. If we're going to do anything this season, we need to win minimum of three, and that means actually probably winning an away Interpro, which would be a big feather in this whole setup. Okay, so here we go. 35 Interpros in a row. We've lost 34. We've drawn one away from home. Uh, it's my no. first mention of that stat. If you bring in the friendlies... I didn't want to. I, th- I think if, of the three of them, I think Leinster New Year's Day because I think again they're going to have guys being rested up because they, they'll either you know, we'll, we will be in the same boat, but it won't affect us as much. You'll either play Stevens' Day or you'll play New Year's Day, and I reckon it'll be interesting to see which ones play Stevens' Day. And if they if the if the likes of Sexton Madigan, the guys in the back row, if they play on Stevens' Day, we have a better chance. If they don't play Stevens' Day, we won't win. Simple as really tight on time. If, do you have anything you really want to do on any other business, Alan or Dave? Are you really strong in anything? Uh, no, strong. No, no, yeah, well, I want. Really, I want to. I want to. I want to. What's the word they say you, when you give your time over? Oh, I will give all my time over to William. I just want to say one thing. I do not understand why the women's into bros, the under twenties, and the under nineteens, the under eighteens are being rushed off before the end of September. The women's into pro final game is tomorrow. The under twenties will all start tonight, and they'll be done in the next two weeks. What is the mad panic to get all these into bros written up? To cover it this time of year. There's no room in papers. Yeah. Just there's football. There's no chance to get to them because they're all on the same time. And there's also, if you wanted, if you wanted to, do, if you want to say like play three games now, why not do home and away? Because all these games are one-off games. Why not play one With Some of these boys, won't, some of these guys will be done. The girl, the women's team does not play again. That's it. It's done on the first weekend of September. That is ridiculous. What is the mad panic to get them all run off so quickly? Why not have more games? home and away I just don't get the mad panic to rush off the great thing about the women's interpros you're talking to all those World Cup stars and internationals all out there in amongst the four provinces and we don't get a chance to see them well I think one reason might be that the women's um, domestic game is quite strong because all those players then go and play full on in their clubs and you get really good quality rugby games played and it's a better development for the game at club level Okay, good good, good retort we'll leave it at that William I think you might have something you want to say about a fixture that might bring up echoes of Connacht versus Treviso last year, but might well have gone and somehow topped it. Well, I didn't think they could get it any worse than playing a game here immediately after a Six Nations game on a Sunday, which was Ireland versus England. But they have. Saturday the 31st of October 2015 has been set in stone for six years as the final of the Rugby Union World Cup. Oh yeah, that's on, yeah. For the Webb Ellis Trophy. And it kicks off at 4pm at Twickenham. Hopefully, maybe, Ireland might be there. We don't know. We don't know who's playing. For all rugby fans, it's the biggest game of the season. It's the biggest game in four years. You sit down to watch it. Meantime... Connacht have decided that at 18.45 they will kick off a game against Edinburgh in the Pro 12. If the World Cup final takes about two hours to play or goes to extra time, it will be barely over. Please, somebody, 
did nobody think about this or look at it or say, do you know what, that's not really the best day to play that game? If Ireland are in a World Cup final, win, lose or draw, how will any rugby person in this part of the country in any way be able to drag themselves up here to watch that? I don't know. They're going to watch it on the big screen, Rob. Oh, Ireland in the Rugby World Cup final. With, with, with a line down the middle. Oh, mother of God. Just change it. Just time. Change it. Fix it. Change it. Fix it. Yeah. It, it, Just fix it's, it. It's called Saturday Night Lads. Yeah. And I don't care what. Like, I don't care what to tell about television rights and all that. That's nonsense. Who is down to show this game? I think TG Carr might I think TG Carr are. Uh, so, message to TG Carr. Do you know oh, make what? Make change it. Come on, TG Carr. Please. Just, please. just kick it off at half 12. Seriously, please. Please. It's embarrassing. Just stop. Come on. It'd be like, it'd be like Galway. It'd be like the Galway County Board in Hurling putting on a, like a senior semi-final on the next day after the All-Ireland final. Ah, sure, we'll throw it in there. Sure. Should be grand. All right, that's it. Well done, guys. Episode one, done. Cheers, Rob. Good job. Indeed. Job done. The band's finished. <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect timing, yeah. <laughs> See you next week, folks.